and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. We have a few farmers markets around us, and every year we look forward to visiting to get fresh bread, fresh drinks and produce, and to take a look at the various crafts and businesses set up and on display. Over the last few years, however, one of the things that I have looked most forward to is getting salsa. There is a business at one of the local farmers markets that has the best salsa I've ever had in my entire life. They also make their own chips, which are also the best chips that I've ever had in my entire life, and they go perfectly with the salsa. I have a love affair of sorts with cilantro, and this salsa has got cilantro, or coriander, as I learned it's called in the UK when I was very desperate to find it. That's beside the point. This salsa has cilantro and lime in spades. To be fair, a lot of what I've grown up on would actually be considered Tex-Mex or an American version of Mexican food, but I've also lived in a city where people have set up shop selling much more authentic food. Another favorite are traditional pupusas. Pupusas are from El Salvador and Honduras, and they are delicious, and I highly recommend them, and now I'm hungry. So sorry. All of this food, of course, is only made better with the correct application of the perfect kind of salsa. And as football season is starting up in the U.S. right now, that means tailgating and watch parties and food, chief among them being chips and salsa, it only seems right that we take some time for a little appreciation for the United States' favorite condiment, salsa. And today we're just going to talk about the food. We'll leave the salsa dancing uh, for later. <laughs> salsa, which is the Spanish word for sauce, dates back to the ancient Aztecs, Mayans, and Incans. These sauces were made from various combinations of tomatoes, peppers, and squash seeds. For the Aztecs, this type of salsa was served on turkey, lobster, fish, and venison for Aztec lords. In fact, while on the topic of the Aztecs, while the wild tomato is indigenous to Peru and Ecuador, the Aztecs, as well as a few other Central American nations, were the first to domesticate the tomato. The domestication of the tomato actually goes back to around 3000 BCE, while the domestication of the chili goes back to about 5200 BCE. According to an article on salsa by thenibble.com, in 1494, Dr. Diego Alvarez Chanca, who was physician in ordinary to Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand of Spain, on his return from Columbus's second voyage to the Americas, Dr. Chanca brought back chilies to Spain for the first time. He began writing about their medicinal properties, but not a whole lot is known about the doctor. Later, salsa made its way to the rest of the world in the 1500s with the Spanish conquering of Mexico. The Spanish spread the dish abroad and in 1571, Alonso de Malina named it salsa. In 1807, we have record of the first bottled hot sauce found in Massachusetts. This hot sauce was made with cayenne chilies. Later, in 1868, on an island just outside of New Orleans called Avery Island, a man by the name of Edwin McKillany started to package his own sauce made of aged Tabasco peppers in cologne bottles. He sent out 350 cologne bottles of the sauce out to potential buyers, and it immediately took off. In 1898 in the U.S., Trappy and Sons also began making their own version of Tabasco sauce, while across the sea in Belize, Marie Sharp started selling her own hot sauce in 1898 as well. 
Moving from hot sauces using peppers closer to the salsas that we're familiar with today, if we look for the first person to manufacture a salsa, then we turn again to the New Orleans area and a Mr. Charles E. Arith. In 1916, he packaged his extract of Louisiana pepper red hot creole sauce. In 1917, in Los Angeles, a company called La Victoria Foods started Salsa Brava. In 1923 and 1928, we're back in Louisiana with Baumer Foods and Bruce Foods, who both produced their own hot sauces. In 1941, Henry Tankledge started to market a new La Victoria salsa line, which included red and green taco and enchilada sauces. Texas was the home of Pace Salsa, which got its start in 1947. David and Margaret Pace made their way to Texas after World War II. Pace had been in pilot training in Texas and made his way back after the war. Pace had originally been born into a syrup-making family in, you'll never guess it, Louisiana. And in Texas, he started with syrup manufacturing, but then turned to salsa, calling it the real syrup of the Southwest. In 1952, La Victoria produced the first commercialized taco sauce in the United States. Over the next few decades, many more salsa companies popped up all over the place. When it comes to salsa's popularity in American cuisine, salsa was first introduced as a table dip, the classic chips and salsa, at Mexican restaurants throughout the United States. In the 1980s, tomato salsa became increasingly popular. Then we have the introduction of bottled salsa, and although not everyone considers this true salsa, in 1991 or 1992, the sales for salsa exceeded one of America's favorite condiments, bottled ketchup. So salsa took over the crown from ketchup, which is actually healthier because ketchup has a lot of sugar in it. Tomato salsa started to get some competition, however, from corn, fruit, and black bean salsas. By now, there are numerous different types of salsa to enjoy. There's pico de gallo, salsa verde, there are fruit salsas, habanero salsa, scotch bonnet, which is a pepper from the Caribbean, and more. These sweeter salsas are sometimes even served with desserts like pound cake or cheesecake in the U.S. In Mexican cuisine, you'll find salsa in tacos, soups, or salads, tamales, and more. Salsa verde is made with tomatillos, while salsa fresca, like pico de gallo, is made with fresh tomatoes and chilies. And here's a fun fact. While tomatillos are green, they're not actually a green tomato, but instead belong to the nightshade family, putting them in the same category as gooseberries. This family also includes tomatoes as well, but tomatillos are actually more closely related to gooseberries than they are to tomatoes. Originally, way back in the day, salsas were made with a mortar and pestle-like tool called a molcajete. Two main types of salsa include red sauce, or salsa rojas, which is usually made up of blended tomatoes, chilies, garlic, onions, and cilantro. The second type is salsa cruda, or crude sauce. This is made up of raw, unblended, but chopped tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and jalapeno chilies. Salsa is actually pretty good for you, as it turns out. It's high in fiber, in vitamins, and low in calories. Given all the tomatoes, onions, chilies, and other fresh produce incorporated, salsa can also help boost your immune system. It is, however, still very important to ensure that salsas are stored properly, because otherwise they can become a great breeding grounds for harmful bacteria. Chips and salsa are more than a comfort food, more than a snack for parties with families and friends. There is a rich history there dating back thousands of years in this food. 
It's a food that brings people together. I'm so grateful for salsa. I'm grateful to learn more about its origins and be reminded of how much I owe to other places, countries, cultures, and cuisines, as well as the hard work of people who came before me. And while it's important to acknowledge that sometimes these things that we enjoy and learn about from other countries and cultures weren't always necessarily shared, sometimes they were stolen and taken and not in the best way, and usually that's how it went. So maybe by honoring the stories and the histories behind these things and learning more about where they came from, honoring Salsa's journeys from its beginnings with domesticating plants and Aztec lords to the family table can be one of the ways that we start making amends. Because of Aztec lords and domesticated tomatoes and tomatillos, we can enjoy chips and salsa as a snack or a way to connect and celebrate with family and friends. So I'm grateful, and now I'm hungry. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. Thank you.